Good morning, class. Good morning, Brother Keith. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Spiritual strength is similar to physical strength. In fact, that's where you know, your body gets its strength from is from the inner man. And just like the body can be strong or weak, the spirit can be strong or weak. In, in Proverbs, it says the, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. One translation says the strong spirit, I believe it's the Amplified, the strong spirit of a man will sustain you even in bodily pain. And trouble. But a weak and a broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? So it matters if your spirit is weak or your spirit is strong. In, in, in the book of Acts, it talks about that uh, Paul said, I, I commend you to the word of God's grace that's able to build you up and give you an inheritance among those that are sanctified or separ separated to God. Um, when you are feeling overwhelmed and when it, you can't see any victory and you can't see any way out, it's not because the problem is so gigantic. It can be because you are so weak. Your spirit is so weak. And what many have not understood, they don't even know that they are a spirit being. And they, they never go to church. They never read their Bible. They never hear uh, anointed teaching and preaching. So their spirits are absolutely emaciated. Just like a, a body could become skin and bone and, and no muscle and no strength. Their spirit is like that. Well, the thing about a body, a body can only get so weak, it'll die. But your spirit won't die. It just languishes in that emaciated, uh, strengthless state. Oh, but there's a remedy. I said, there's a remedy. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Uh, Job said, uh, I have esteemed the words of his mouth well, actually, that was Jeremiah. I've esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. You, your spirit craves the word of God. Whether it gets it or not, it craves it. Just like a hungry body craves food. And that's what he's talking about. You don't live just by natural food and bread. You live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. This is real, class, that when God speaks his words to you 
through his spirit, through the printed page, by anointed teaching and preaching in these things. Oh, it gets, it goes, if you'll receive it, it goes right into your spirit and begins to nourish and begins to strengthen. And, and if you'll get a regular diet of this, before long, uh, instead of everything just seeming so helpless and, and hopeless and uh, you begin to rise up on the inside and begin to think, well, no, no, we can overcome this. No, we can receive this. Yes, God can do this. You start thinking differently because you, you started believing differently and you start seeing things differently and you start speaking differently and acting differently and that's when you have a different life. And what's, what's happening now is you're cooperating with the Word of God and the Spirit of God and you'll begin to see manifestations of the Spirit of God and manifestations of the Word of God and that'll be answers, answers and needs met. So get your Bible, turn everything else off, come into the classroom, we've saved you a seat right here in the front and let this happen for you. Let his words. We, we prayed before we began, and we, we, I, I prayed and sought the Lord before these uh, classes that this is what will happen that God anointed words will feed you. Hallelujah. And strengthen you. And you'll overcome whatever it is you've been dealing with. I, it doesn't matter if it's been going on like this for 40 years, you can overcome. You can receive. You can be free. You can be healed. You can be delivered. You can be victorious. You can get out of debt. You can get your relationship fixed. Do you believe it, class? Nothing's too hard for the Lord. All things are possible to him that believes. Because nothing's too big for God. Father, all of us agree together about this. We, we uh, agree and accept that these things are true. Because they're your word. And we reach out to you. And we say feed us Lord. Feed us. And fill us up. Nourish us and strengthen us. In our inner man. And enable us to rise up. And lay hold of all you have given. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you Lord. Thank you. We'll go back to our text again. In, in Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews 3, let's continue in our study about overcoming unbelief. Hebrews 3, 7 says, As the Holy Spirit said, Today if you'll hear His voice, don't harden your heart as in the provocation. Verse 10, I was grieved with that generation. I said they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. It's sad to live your whole life and never know or understand God's ways. We're not going to settle for that, are we? We're see that's what we're doing right now. We're seeking to understand his, his will and His ways. And verse 12, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. In uh, 1 Corinthians 10, if we'd look at that again, 1 Corinthians 10, he talks about how that all the Israelites... Um, they were baptized unto Moses in the cloud. They ate the same spiritual food. That, that was that manna. They drank the same spiritual drink. That was water that came out of the rock. 
And that rock that accompanied them, the Bible said, was Christ. And he is the, uh, the fountain of living waters. He is the source of eternal life. Can you say amen? amen. Verse 5, but with many of them, God was not well pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. And um, both, both of those things displeased God. One, that they wouldn't trust him. They wouldn't believe him. They wouldn't listen to him. They wouldn't obey him. But then second, when they were overthrown in the wilderness, that didn't please God. Can you see that? That wasn't his will. That wasn't his plan. Uh, It pleases him for you to trust him. And one of the reasons it pleases him is so he can do what he wants to do in your life. And so that you're not destroyed and you don't lose out and you miss out. He's a father, right? Well, a good parent uh, wants to see their kids do well. Wants to see them excel and prosper and miss out on the bad things, but not miss out on the good. So now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things. Don't be idolaters. Don't commit fornication like they did. Don't tempt Christ like they did. Verse 10, don't murmur. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Destroyer. Now all these things happen to them for examples. And they're written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. So what we've been doing is uh, heeding these warnings and admonitions from the New Testament. And we've gone back and looking at one by one these events that led up to these people missing out on the promised land. Because if he says they're examples... And you need to be admonished that that doesn't happen to you. Well, if you don't even know what happened, how are you going to be forearmed? So we're taking the time and making the effort to go back and see what happened. What did they do wrong? What should they have done? And so now we are, we're at number eight in our study of these first ten to where they missed out on the promised land. There are five more after that that we're going to be looking at. But um, we've already looked at the previous uh, seven of these. And if you haven't been with us, go online, faithschool.org, and you can watch all the preceding ones. No charge, no cost. But let's go again today to Numbers, the 10th chapter. And we're looking at number eight now, the eighth event of these ten that the New Testament's referring to where they they missed it, and it cost them. We see Numbers 10 and 34, 5 and 6 is how they were traveling. They had been over at the the mount where the law was given, and then they traveled uh, after that, and they came to uh, uh, the place where the, the cloud would, when the cloud moved, they would move. When the cloud stopped, they would stop. Verse, chapter 11, verse 1. And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. And the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. 
And the people cried to Moses, and Moses prayed to the Lord, and the fire was quenched. And he called the name of the place Taborah, because the fire of the Lord burned among them. Now this is all the detail that we're given about this. There are basically three verses here. But the place was named Taborah, and it was one of these events. And one of the reasons we're not giving a lot more detail necessarily, it's not so much needed, because have we seen this before? What did they do? Complained. Complained. Now, just to say that, you can feel people think, well, is that so bad? I mean, it must be. Right? Now, we saw in 1 Corinthians 10, if you want to notice there again in our text, we just got through reading it. That was one of the specific things that he mentioned. 1 Corinthians 10.10 says, Neither murmur, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. What connection is there between complaining and being destroyed? Now, it's no wonder that we're exhorted in the New Testament that we need to take heed lest unbelief affect us like it affected them because most church-going people don't, see, don't even see a problem with complaining. That's how unenlightened many believers are. Don't even see it. If we'd spent much time in the Word of God, we would see complaining is one of the most serious things there is. But see, that's, that requires mind renewal, doesn't it? Mind renewal. So, let's camp on it some. What's wrong with complaining? Why was it so bad? Now, this is not the first time we've seen them murmur and complain. They were murmuring back in Egypt and complaining. And then, you know, when they got to the... Uh, 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 Red Sea, they murmured and complained. Uh, when he delivered from there, they got to Marah. What does it say? They murmured. What are we going to drink? Complaining can be as simple as asking a question. What are we going to drink? Go with me to Matthew 6. Jesus talked about this as well. Do we need mind renewal, class? Yeah, we do. Matthew chapter 6. It is really good news, though, when you understand what the problem is. Then you can understand why uh, some, some problems have been allowed and why maybe some answers hadn't been achieved. And we see when we get this fixed, we get good results. Matthew 6 the scripture said in verse 25, Matthew 6, 25, Jesus said, I say to you, take no thought for your life. Now that, that word thought means anxious thought, anxiety, which is fear. Take no anxious thought for your life, what you shall eat or, or yet for your body, um, what you'll put on. Why, why take thought for raiment? 
And verse 31, uh, take no thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Now, what did Jesus say? He said, don't say that. Don't say what? What are we going to eat? Huh? What are we going to drink? Where are we going to get our clothes? Now see, most church-going people either hadn't noticed it or don't care because they continue to talk that way. Right? I just don't know where in the world we're going to get that from. I don't, I don't see how we're going to make it. That is doing what they did that's called evil unbelief. People say, well, I don't see what's the big problem. Exactly. There's some things you don't see. Right? And the thing is, you can set your own standards and not submit to God, or you can agree with Him. If He says that's a bad thing, you ought not do it, then what can you say? That's a bad thing. Right? We're going to stop doing that. Stop doing what? See, it depends on your heart and it depends on your focus. See, we see them say that over and over again. They said uh, in Marah, they got to the waters of Marah and, and it was water, but they tried to drink it. It was bad. You couldn't drink it. And so they began to pressure Moses and they said, well, what are we going to drink? Did you hear that? What are we going to drink? Is that just an inquiry for information? It's more than that. There's something else going there, isn't it? There's this hopelessness, this helplessness, this negative thing, this blame, this focus on lack. What is the problem with complaining? What is the problem with murmuring? It is a yielding to the flesh. It's a yielding to fear. It's a, can, can you see this? It's a giving in and yielding to unbelief. And we must be uh, renewed in the spirit of our mind because the whole world talks like this, right? And most of the church. And that's also why there's not more results. In the church. Because it is gross unbelief. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Where, where in the world. Are we going to get this much money. By the end of the month. Does that sound like faith to you? No. Because it is the opposite of faith. It is yielding. It is giving in. Now the thing is. You will be tempted to talk that way. You will be. I will be. Especially when the pressure comes, you'll be tempted. There'll be times if you're going to walk by faith, you'll start to say it and you'll have to go, oh, mm, mm -mm. instead of lamenting about what we don't have, instead of agreeing with the hopelessness and impossibility of the situation, it's time for faith. 
Come on, can you see this? It's time to call those things that be not as though they were. It's time to make a declaration positive, life. Hmm? In the same breath, instead of saying, we'll, we'll never have it in time. We're not going to make it. We'll never have it in time. Instead of saying that, you get a hold of yourself and say, no, no, God's with us. God's with us. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And with his help, I can do all things. With his help, I call every need met. I call every bill paid. Right? My God supplies all my needs. Can, can you see? It's a choice. It's a choice. So complaining is not a an innocent thing, it's not an okay thing. It's a failure. And on this occasion, they're getting to the place. See, this is the eighth event now. And what we see happened here, they're not living in the age of grace. They've, they were just been given the law. And their only thing they can do is keep the law. And so for the eighth time now, when something comes up, they're just complaining. In fact, let me, uh, let me read an, another translation of this to you. The, um, the scripture said in the Young's literal translation says, And the people is evil as those sighing habitually in the ears of Jehovah. The, the basic English says the people were saying evil against the Lord. When you're complaining, you're not saying good things about anything. You're speaking against something. And it wound up, they didn't realize maybe the fullness of what they're doing, but, but they're speaking against the Lord. And when they're speaking against Moses and Aaron... Who called Moses and Aaron? Who sent them over there to lead them out? See, they don't realize they're speaking against the Lord. We're all going to die out here. We're never going to make it. We don't have any water. There's not enough to eat. Have you ever heard this kind of talk? Huh? It's just one thing after another. We've been out here for months and months and months. And we're no closer to being in the promised land than when we started. And I don't, I don't know what this Moses guy is doing, but we sure are not in any promised land. And if something don't change, everybody out here is going to die. I mean, what am I going to feed my kids? What about all our livestock? What about? What about? How come? Where are we going to get? Now, let me go over it again. Matthew 6, New Testament, Jesus, are you there, class? What did Jesus say? Hmm? Verse 31, let's look at it again. What did Jesus say? Take no thought. Don't receive and dwell on and yield to any of these anxious, fearful thoughts, saying... You see, 
Taking the thought is evidenced by the saying. Saying it means you didn't resist it. Hours ago or days ago. When it came to you, because we can't prevent the enemy from bringing wrong thoughts and feelings to us. You can prevent them hanging around. And you certainly don't have to open your mouth and say them and declare them. Like my father in the faith Kenneth Hagin used to say, uh, you can't prevent a bird from flying over your head. But you can prevent him from building a nest in your hair. And that, that is the graphic picture of a thought coming to you versus letting it stay on you and dwell on it and meditate on it. Take no thought saying. Saying reveals you accepted it. You received it. You're letting it sit on you. You're meditating on it. You meditate on it very long, it's going to come out of your mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so what did he say? Take no thought saying what? What shall we eat? Isn't that exactly what they were doing? Where are we going to get water? What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? Is it okay for us to talk like that as believers? Like I said, most church going people don't see anything wrong with talking like that. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying, well, you need to quit just saying. We need to submit our tongues to the Lordship of Jesus. Hmm? Rebellious, defiant ones say, my tongue is my own. My mouth is my own. My life is my own. I'll say what I want to. Well, yeah, say what you want to and be destroyed. They murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. And by the eighth time here now, when they started just griping and complaining and I'm so sick of being out here in this desert. And Well, if you had listened, you'd already be in the promised land. So whose fault is it? But griping and complaining and the fire of God began to break out around the edges of the camp. Judgment. And so they cried out to God and Moses did what he'd done over and over again, pled their case, asked for mercy, and it stopped. And you would think, <laughs> you would think everybody would go, hey, no more complaining, right? No more griping and murmuring. I mean, put up signs all through the camp. Is that right? Why? We don't want this to happen again. But that's not what happened. And the very next, very next few verses, you see it happen again, and then you see it happen again in Numbers 13, Numbers 14. You see it happen again and again. Why? They never learned. Say it out loud, by the grace of God. That's not me. I'm learning. I'm growing. Help me to realize, Lord, what complaining is, what murmuring is, and our purpose not to do it. Hallelujah. Well, our time's up again. There's a lot more to see. 
Come back with us tomorrow and we're going to get built up stronger and we're getting rid of all this unbelief. We'll see you again soon back here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 941-702-7390.